Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, I'm Greta Johnson, and this is the Nerd App Book Club. It's just like a regular book club, except maybe people don't know if you're reading a super sexy romance novel. This month's selection is Sarah McLean's truly delightful Bombshell. This is a book that has several sorts of explosive situations. It's about Cecily Talbot, whose squad of badass ladies is working to take down the patriarchy in 1830s London. There is also a broad-shouldered gent with a sketchy past named Caleb. That is all I'm going to say for now, because here is your spoiler warning. If you haven't read the book and you don't want spoilers, go listen to the interview we did with Sarah McLean. It is in the feed. She is a delight. If you have read the book or you are cool with spoilers, welcome. I am super excited to introduce you to this month's panel. We have Jessica Pride, who hosts the excellent Book Riot podcast, When in Romance. Jessica, hey. Hello. We also have Tia Williams. She's the author of several romance novels, including most recently, Seven Days in June. Tia, hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so we will also be hearing from some of you. Let's actually start this off with a voicemail from listener Kate. I had no idea I needed this in my life as a self-proclaimed feminist. I tend to shy away from these types of books, but this one felt a little less damsel in distress than I was expecting. I secretly loved it and planned on devouring more of this genre as these nights get longer and the pandemic seems to drag on. I felt like it just filled a little hole and needing some lightness in my life. So I wanted to thank you for recommending and look forward to the discussion. I just love that because I think it probably embraces what a lot of like maybe more hesitant listeners might say about like, but do I really need like the damsel in distress thing? That is what romance seemed like it was for a very long time. But that is not what this book is. Um, Now, Jessica, you are like a legit romance nerd. How often do you read historical romance versus more like modern day rom-com type stuff? You know, I cut my teeth on historical romance um, <laughs> as, as like a very curious 11-year-old. And <laughs> I I realized I hadn't been reading as much of it, um, especially since the pandemic started. And I'm not mm. sure why, um, because for a long time, it wasn't half and half, but it was maybe like a third of my romance reading was historical romance. So um, this is the first one that I had read in a few months, which is a long time for me. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Tia? Like, how often do you do historical romance? So it sounds like my background in Jessica's is is very similar. So I grew up like a super um, inappropriately aged and of romance <laughs> novels, specifically like Bodice Rippers, you know, Judith McNaught, Kathleen Widowis, Jude Devereaux, like all those old school, like 80s um, romance novels. And mm. obviously I write romance. I barely read it these days because I can't read it while I'm writing. 
a lot of writers have this too. Like you, it's hard to read in your genre because you inadvertently like absorb yeah. the style of someone else. And then it starts coming out in your writing and that's, you know, a problem. <laughs> like you could, you start to lose your voice a little bit. So bombshell is the first like true historical romance I've read in three years. Oh, oh what a treat. Did you love it? Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> it has set my soul on fire and my loins aflame. I just, I cannot get enough. No, it was so, so good. It was everything. I just like the word I kept using when I interviewed Sarah was romp. Like it's just such a good time, you know, oh, mm-hmm. such a romp. So Tia, like, I don't know, you mentioned reading these books from the eighties. Were they, they were less feminist, right? Oh my God. I mean, it was, my sisters and I, like all three of us really sort of were raised on these books. Like my mom was a massive, massive fan and she would leave, you know, the paperbacks like (laughs) by the tub in her bathroom and they were like swollen beyond recognition from like the steam from the shower. (laughs) That's an innuendo right there. I know. Um, And we were talking about this recently. We were like, all of those books would be so canceled today. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not even like, uh, not so feminist. It's like downright, you know, a lot of it was pretty anti everything we believe in now. Like absolutely scenes of zero consent given, but um, the woman loving it, yeah. um, you know, the whole thing of, you know, her fists are pounding his chest. No, 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 we can't Ooh, do this. And he yeah. takes her by force, but it's fabulous. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And I don't know, I think I think there are some layers to this that like I think Sarah even kind of addresses in Bombshell. I'm thinking about one scene in particular that actually Kat mentioned in the voicemail she left. Let's take a listen. Hi, dear dad. This is Kat from Sammamish, Washington. I'm calling about this month's book club pick, Bombshell by Sarah McLean. I really enjoyed this. This is actually the second time I've read it. Loved it just as much this go around. The romance is great, steamy, it's fun, there's good banter, but really this this second go around, I I got to lean into that killer feminist vibe that it has, and I just loved some of the quotes in here, Um, in particular, when they're fighting in, in the pub, Cecily says, men are ridiculous, and Caleb says, for wanting to keep you safe, and she responds, no, for believing that you are the thing from which we are most in danger. And that just kind of stopped me in my tracks. And it's so true. That's a line that really stuck with me, too. I thought that was just like very well put and interesting to see in this scenario of like early 1800s. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How much do you think you had to have sort of like a suspension of disbelief for because like this book is feminist as fuck, which like, you know, I'm thinking especially about like the coven of vigilantes, like did you feel like you kind of had to like take it all with a grain of salt given the time period or were you just like totally happy to go there? What do you think, Tia? I was happy to go there, but also understood that this was not really happening then. Um, or maybe it maybe it was, but the history books definitely don't show it. And we do know that history books are flawed. Right, right. <laughs> um, you know, the idea that a lesbian couple was just hanging out at this bar mm-hmm. Um, and that a black woman, you know, Indian women and all of these, um, female business owners, I know there were some, but it's just, look, I, as a black woman, you know, consuming media, like it is 
second nature to, you know, in order to enjoy a lot of things, you have to take Mm -hmm. reality out of it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, just because like, in terms of diversity and inclusion, there's so much that doesn't include me, or there's so much that includes me in the wrong way that in order to enjoy things, like I, I have no problem, like suspending my disbelief. It's almost like second nature. So I took it almost like, you know, an alternate universe where this was happening and this was real in the same way that it's like, Look at the time period, okay? Nobody showered. Everyone's <laughs> hair was greasy. Literally everyone smelled like England in the early 1800s. Oh my god. Like, you know, no germ in right, disease right, science. The germ like nobody washed their hands. Think about, yeah. <laughs> You're dying slowly at, like since the age of 4, like it's just one day closer to death at 32. So Honestly, like if you're reading historical romance, you already have to, you know, (laughs) suspend your disbelief that any of this is like hot. So yeah, but I'm all for it. Like bring it on. It it was a delight to read about these badass feminists and, you know, a totally evolved man in the middle of of all of it. (laughs) Totally evolved straight man. Like I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I don't like totally evolved. Did you think he was totally evolved, Jessica? I guess he was pretty fucking evolved considering. Pretty evolved. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty evolved, especially, you know, like he has his whole thing about, you know, I I have to protect you. I can't I can't be with you, et cetera, et cetera. But he's willing to mm-hmm. like let her take the reins when it's obviously she's better at some things. He's still yeah. going to have like that, like, oh, I've got to protect you. I've got to punch people. I've got to make sure <laughs> that, that you don't get shot. And why are you throwing bodies in the river? Like, I totally get <laughs> that. But, um, you know, that's sort of a, a logical conclusion to arrive at if you're bigger than somebody and have more street sense than somebody. Well, maybe not. I think Cecily had more street sense than he did. But uh, <laughs> but those shoulders, you know, yeah, I more mean, shoulders. How could he not help? <laughs> You're totally right, though. Like, I don't think that's really a sign of like not, you know, being toxic. It's just he's bigger and he cares just yeah like you're saying he's bigger and he cares i love it just what any girl would want i mean come on right um so as i mentioned i got to interview sarah a couple weeks ago and i asked her what inspired her to write a, a novel that's set in this 19th century with feminism at its center and i just loved what she said here it is <sighs> i mean the last five years of the world I think is the answer. I wish I had a better answer. I wish I had a pithier answer, but that's the truth. And I was reading a lot of nonfiction. I was I read, you know, Rebecca Traister's Good and Mad after the election. I read Sadie Doyle's Trainwreck. I Mona Altahawe's Seven Necessary Sins of Women and Girls is like my Bible these days. And for me, I mean, like I said at the start, I don't write books about the 1840s. I write books about 2021. Um, And so it felt really important to me that I set down a group of women who feel like the world is not treating them right, is not doing them the service that they deserve. And so they take matters into their own hands because they can. There are, of course, choices that had to be made in the structure of the book. These are women who have a lot of money and power. And um, And that's essential 
um, you know, to building a superhero. But essentially, I was like, what if I write Victorian superheroes? What do they look like? Ugh, I just love it so much. Chills. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. In just a minute, we are going to talk about the sex scenes. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Okay, so I feel like we can't not talk about the sex scenes in this book, especially given the fact that y'all have been reading sex scenes since you were like 11. (laughs) What do you think? I mean, there's definitely a slow burn in this one. Like they only actually had sex once, right? Well, like I mean, I guess like technically, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Um, this was so, so hot and I don't mind a slow burn. Like as long as there's a, no, sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As a reader, I just love that. Like being, being toyed with in that way. Like, is this ever going to happen? And, um, yeah, I mean her mastery of the sex scenes and also just, you could tell she was really having fun with, you know, the, um, not the gender roles, but like, you know, who's, who's running things, Mm -hmm. um, which is very, um, turning, uh, traditional historical romance on its head, which I loved. Like, as I was reading it, my, I have a 13 year old daughter and she was, she looked at the cover and she was like, are people still making books like that? Right. And I was like, oh no, 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 you don't get it. Like this is, (laughs) this is not quote unquote like that. Like this is definitely what Sarah's saying. It's like, you know, through a 2021 lens, um, that really, really appeals. I loved it. Mm -hmm. It's one thing like, so I'm always looking at this sort of thing where people are talking about um sexy romance versus erotic romance because there's Mm. all of this talk about like what makes it what makes each of those different and I love how Sarah McLean in general but especially in this book really like toes the line between those because so like sexy sexy romance it's like if you take out all of the sex scenes the story still makes sense there's still a book and er (laughs) erotic romance is like all of the sex has something to do with the plot, right? Mm-hmm. And this one, it's like, yeah, if you take out the sex scenes, the story makes sense, but there's so much in them with their interactions and like character elements and just sort mm-hmm. of like learning about the people while also just, you know, great sex scenes. Like they're they're like well done and really interesting and you don't want to like skim or skip through them. Um, because sometimes I'm like, I just want them to start talking again. Like, when are they going to like, right. right, And and this one, let's wrap this up and move on. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, but like the, they were just done so well, even like, even the kissing scenes are just like, oh my God. Yeah. For real. (laughs) For real. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you know, we knew this book would end in a happy, happily ever after, right? Like, those are the rules. Those are the rules, um, yes. But I don't know. I mean, we've talked about some other ways, too, I think. But, like, how else do you think Bombshell kind of broke some of the standard tropes in the genre? Well, like, the one that stood out most was her saying, I don't want kids, like, mm. forever. I don't plan on having children. Are you cool with that? And him being like, okay, our like our marriage is going to be different from all of your sisters because it's you. Like, I wouldn't expect you to suddenly change your mind. Also, that was one thing that was in one of those sex scenes where it was basically like the re- the Victorian version of "It's okay, I'm on the pill." Oh like, yeah, yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> she was like i have ways to take care of that don't worry about it <laughs> it's all good yeah, that was really good that was smart oh that was amazing what do you think tia um yeah there was a lot i totally agree with jessica also the fact that she was 30 and not a spinster and mm-hmm. also mm. 30 and single and that's that's and having not a great story. time being yeah. single yeah yeah having a great time and also that what I mean when I say she's 30 and not a spinster is that she's 30 and no one's really looking at her like that. Like she's still the hottest mm-hmm. chick in town. She's still, you know, <laughs> super sexy and like, you know, the has men staring her down everywhere and is super desirable. Like it isn't part of the thing. Mm-hmm. I love that she was like grown, you know, the way her body is, um described like you know her wide hips and ample yes, her curves hips. like the, yep. she, Sarah kept talking about her hips which I love <laughs> you know it, she just seemed like a like a capital W woman mm-hmm. yeah. and a you know again traditional historical romance like the woman is usually a virgin right and she's dainty and she's dainty and she has pink nipples and like she's very (laughs) you know blonde or you know tiny or lost or you know yeah like bird boned (laughs) yeah like a a little bambi child yeah um and this one wasn't and she got in a bar fight yeah yeah (laughs) she did oh god she's so badass i can't wait to read this book again honestly um let's listen to another, another voicemail here is clark i am a major Sarah McLean fan. I have read so many of her books. I loved that Cecily was finally getting her story. I've been waiting for it for years. And as much as I love her and as, as much as I love the story, I was surprised to see so much modernity in it. I guess like going into Victorian era, that is, there is that like transition period um, between Regency and Victorian I wasn't quite ready for. I'm curious to see where Sarah McLean takes this now that she's kind of dipping into another era um, and including women of color. Are we also going to get stories of color? As a writer of color, a Black woman, like I would love to see a subplot with a diverse woman as the lead of that. So uh, has either of you read other Sarah McLean stuff? Yes. So Jessica, do you, did you know that Cecily came up in another one? Yes, she, I, she, you know, she's on the, on the edges of um, a few of the books with most of her sisters. Um, oh, and I want to cool. say that I didn't realize they had two done series ones. previous or somewhere around there. Um, 
So like the story of the soiled S's came up a lot in, in that series. And Cecily was always kind of hanging out. We do get to see her flirting with Caleb at some point, but. Oh my gosh. Um, oh God. What I trip. worried that that story <laughs> would just never happen. And I'm sure some other readers did like Clark did. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. All right. We've got one more lo- voicemail. Let's take a listen. Here is Liz. Hey, this is Liz from Minnesota, and I am calling about Bombshell, and I'm so excited that it was the pick. Um, (laughs) First, when I described it to my husband, as I typically do with my books when I finish them, he said I was just reading a vigilante book, (laughs) Um, which is true. But also, it was so much more. So good. And also, I'm keeping this one. I'm not typically a saver of the books that I buy. Um, I usually just keep passing them along to friends. This one I am keeping and I'm rereading it when Hell's Bells book two comes out, which I cannot wait for. So thanks for picking it. I cannot wait for this discussion. Can't even can't even describe my excitement. (laughs) I love Liz so much. So so yeah, Jessica, since you are the person who's read the other ones, like do you, do you have a prediction of who you think book two will be about? I am going to go with either Imogen or Adelaide. Yeah. Um, mm. Imogen, they kind of set her up for that, but sometimes Sarah likes to pull red herrings. Um, oh, because, yeah, that was definitely my prediction was like her and the detective inspector, like flirtatiously blowing things up sort of <laughs> together. Yeah at the end was like oh yeah I could see that happening like there's a spark you know yeah I need a protagonist that that loves bombs like that's that's important (laughs) yes that sounds extremely satisfying so I was talking to a friend about this book last week and you know I was just saying how much fun it was and he was like is there such a thing as a romance as like a romance novel for heterosexual men and I was sort of like well yeah like literally any romance novel but I don't know I was curious since both of you like spend so much time in this world if they're I don't know what do you think like should more dudes just be reading romance novels or is that not Hmm. the point you know yes they should I mean yeah that's that's the short answer is yes (laughs) yes they definitely should but I honestly think it's not for them it's for us Right, right. You know, and and if they happen to enjoy it, that's great. But I feel like it's it's women writing for women. And why not? It's a gift to us. Yeah. I think yeah. that men, it would be in their best interest to read them so they know what <laughs> the hell we want. Them. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm always delightfully surprised when I find out that a straight man has enjoyed my books. And the funny thing is that they always say that they like them because, oh, my God, I'm just like the male protagonist. It's like, dude. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's ask a girl. That's so funny. What do you think, Jessica? I think that, you know, it would do so much for the emotional intelligence of the greater <laughs> the greater population <laughs> of cishet men to read romance because it, there yeah. there is yeah. so much about just like feelings and so many like so many of the male protagonists in cishet romance are emotionally intelligent people that should be inspiring mm-hmm. to the greater population of the right right who are also great lays yeah, yeah. yeah. right that too 
with broad shoulders <laughs> with broad shoulders yeah like one's not to love <laughs> so for every book we ask our panelists to rate the book based on something completely arbitrary this time I was thinking it would be fun to do leather knife pockets <laughs> because that was like such a fun like twist on you know those dresses but still being a <laughs> badass um so just from one to ten hidden leather knife pockets Jessica how many would you give this book I I think this is definitely a nine and a half hidden leather knife, po- <laughs> knife pockets it's a lot of knives <laughs> yeah I would give it a nine strong nine yeah 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 yeah, I think I would also give it I would say I think the one thing that kind of like the the Caleb past reveal like didn't really blow my mind, mm-hmm. but I also wasn't mad about it. But I mean, this book was just a great time. Like it was just such a wonderful place to spend time in, you know. Absolutely. It reminded me of like old school, you know, like Romancing the Stone, Jewel of the Nile, like a real like almost swashbuckling adventure yes yes yes, which was I was not expecting that at all and it was such a pleasure you know yeah so before I let y'all go um I'm curious for someone who read Bombshell and who was like oh this is really you know especially like our listener at the beginning who's like oh my gosh these are actually really fun Mm -hmm. uh what might you recommend that they read next Tia what do you think well, given that this is my first historical romance in like three years, I'm gonna yeah. go. Re- I'm gonna go retro with it, okay. and recommend um, Night in Night in Shining Armor uh-huh. by Jude Devereaux, which is one of the you know pillars of is it 90s or 80s historical romance, and it's just hmm. so much fun. There's a little bit of a of a time travel element. And oh. so it has that that sort of fun adventure vibe that this one has. It's fantastic. That sounds great. What do you think, Jessica? Well, first, that was my second romance ever. Ah! <laughs> Knight in Shining Armor? Yes. Oh, God, you get it. I get it. I so get it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, so good. And so, like, my first instinct was to go with, like, an extraordinary union and like the loyal league books by Alyssa Cole, but those are like, they're, they're not quite as fun. So what I'm actually going to recommend is the Duke who didn't by Courtney Milan. And while the shenanigans aren't quite as um, exciting uh there's still like you've got like a crafty heroine who's looking to get seek a little bit of vengeance on somebody and a hero who's come back after a couple of years ready to grovel and it's it's um it's like sort of based on persuasion but it's a bit of a quieter book um when uh trisha my co-host on when in romance was like I realized that I couldn't really hold on to this book because it's more character than plot driven. So if you know that you're a plot driven mm. person, this book might be a little slower for you, but it's so much fun and it's very delightful. I've referenced it as a mug in a book or a cup of tea. <laughs> for a second, I thought you said monk and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, those are both great recommendations. I think I'm going to chime in with the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels by India Holton, which doesn't have nearly as much sex, but is a good time. Like it's like <laughs> lady pirates are just like always really fun. And so to spend some time just sort of reveling in that, I think it's also just like a great way to spend some time, you know? Well, Tia, Jessica, thank you both so much for talking about Bombshell with me. This was very fun. Thank you. I had a blast. Thanks so much. All right. That's it for book club this month. Thanks for reading and listening along with us. An extra bonus. Thanks, of course, to Clark and Kat and Kate and Liz for sending us all those great voicemails. Our December book club selection is Andrea Gibson's poetry collection, You Better Be Lightning. Tune in for an interview with Andrea next week and then come back on the last Tuesday of the month to hear the discussion. The show is produced by me and Anna Bauman. Our executive producer is Brendan Banasak. Okay, talk soon. Bye. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Tanwen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.